Welcome into the Waiver Fire podcast. Middle of July right now. Nick and JP are back right during the Home Run Derby, which I have to admit I did not realize was on until the fam texted me. But uh, pretty awesome. Stadium looks great. So that's just a word of caution that if I if I just yell out all of a sudden, it's because some awesome home run just happened. But JP, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. I'm I'm not watching the Derby, but it sounds pretty exciting. It's really something that I haven't seen in a, maybe I tuned in a couple of years ago, but it's it's like more of a childhood favorite, I guess, in some ways. And I have I typically have not tuned in, but the All Star Game, I feel like I I try to tune in, and that's going to be tomorrow night. But uh, we got some goodies for y'all tonight. Tonight, I decided that I was going to put JP in the spotlight. And uh, I'm going to throw a little trivia at you, man. Let's do it. <laughs> but before that, I do want to get into a little bit of news. Um, I think f- fantasy football related. I, I have been seeing this is this is the kind of time of the season where you start to hear about players who have been recovering from injury, players like Saquon. Amari Cooper, and you start to hear things from camp about how they're behind schedule or they're looking great. And it's so hard to actually know which of those, um, you know, are just talk or whatever. But I have been seeing things particularly about those two players that I saw Saquon and Amari that have been basically like it's, it's behind schedule and it has me nervous for sure. And I, what do you, do you read too much into that? Or do you basically, I mean, for season long, of course, we're going to wait as long as possible to do that draft. So you'll, you're going to have, hopefully have the most up-to-date information, but for like things like best ball, does that scare you away? Like, do you resist or or do you not really care? Like you're going to draft for upside and just to kind of assume that, that they'll stay on schedule and be good to go. Well, so who are the two players here? Like Saquon, there's been talks that he's he might even like miss week one, let alone the preseason. Um, and Amari Cooper, I'm pretty sure Amari Cooper is good to go, but it was like might miss um, training camp and might just be ready for for preseason, which is kind of pushing it close, I think. Well, the, with me, the drafting of Saquon is pretty much out of the the question because that they're all all the people are always drafting him like like so early in like the top five or six or seven picks. Yeah. And I'm just not doing top five or anything like that with Saquon and um Amari on the other hand I don't know. I'm still comfortable picking picking him. Yeah, I, I I'm agree. Doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm doing a lot. Yeah, I've been snagging a lot of Amari Cooper, and it, it has me a bit nervous. I, I wouldn't resist moving forward, but like I had been kind of reaching a little bit almost for him, like picking him over players like Mike Evans that are going in that round. And I've been starting to diversify the revenue a little bit and pick pick elsewhere. Um, it doesn't like move CD up for me at all, but. It uh, it just has me a little bit nervous, and like similar players like Joe Burrow, who I've been scared about all off season, but Joe Burrow might miss even weeks one and two. So how does that change 
any outlooks on T Higgins and Jamar Chase, and even maybe somebody like Joe Mixon. Um, so I guess be cognizant of that news. Um, I'll try to stay tuned on. Oh, and another player that I had heard about that's, that's looking like might not even be ready to go for the season is Tariq Cohen pass catching running back of uh, Chicago. They did bring in Damian Williams to serve as backup of David Montgomery. So it, it likely wouldn't be a situation like last year or towards the end of last year where he was everything. And he was, he was the number one running back in football, but, um, but it is, it is kind of news to kind of bump David Montgomery's stock up. I mean, if Tariq Cohen were to miss any time, that would be, you look at David Montgomery as a smash play. And honestly, I've been kind of fading him a little bit. Yeah. I I really don't know what to think about David Montgomery. It seems like the time where you're drafting David Montgomery is where all the exciting wide receivers are. Um, it is. It's that very early round four where you have those Julio Joneses, even the Robert Woods, um, Mike Evans, like I said. So that's – yeah, early fourth, late third. You're right, man. That's it's a tough spot to pull the trigger, but it also starts to get kind of ugly. Like after Montgomery, you're looking at Mike Davis or um, uh, Miami Dolphins running back. Uh, why is it eluding me at this point? Because uh, I don't draft him very much. <laughs> well, regardless, yeah. the the Miami Dolphins starting running back is, is right there as well. Gaskin. Miles Gaskin, thank you. Who I, I kept wanting to say Gasicki, but it, Miles Gaskin. So, so I don't know. David Montgomery might be that last. Like I like Mike Davis, but could I see a world where he's awful? Definitely. Um, so that's it. Gets a little shaky there, but I agree. I, I, I'm not taking him right there. I, I'd like him more in the kind of late fourth or so. I'm I'm seeing myself drafting like a lot of two running back, like one two running back picks especially if i'm in the late late first round um and some of the things that i'll take shots on like a lot later in the draft would be like uh just loading up on trash running backs i go for like james robinson Kenyon drake kareem hunt when he's late um, Mozart, Ronald Jones, I like to go for, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like I'm loading up on wide receiver right there. I feel that I, I agree. It's, it's tougher. I think when you're, like you said, later in the draft, I agree. The value is there at the running back where you can get Chubb Eckler. Um, even Antonio Gibson, I think is, is a value in that early to mid second round. So, but when you get that first, even like, of course, having CMC on your team is incredible, but when you have to do that late second turn, I mean, the, you yeah. miss out on I, Clyde, I, the early, the early guys. Yeah, I get it. It's, and, and so you, you have to think about, you almost have to go wide receiver, wide receiver at that late second, early third turn. Cause Otherwise, you're reaching on DeAndre Swift, and that doesn't feel great. Even in the mid-third, that, that might feel a little bad. So so going into that, so then you, you do early second, 
um, you know, late, uh, I'm sorry, late second, early third, then you're at the late fourth and fifth. You might be kind of reaching for, you might be incredibly happy if David Montgomery were to slide to you, but you're right. You, yeah, you can make up the be juicy. That could be juicy right there. That really could. If you could slide to the late, like that last pick of the fourth and you get him as the running back too. But, but you're right. You can make up running back and best ball at later, at later times. If it's Ronald Jones, I'm totally fine with it. Hopefully it's a little earlier. Like you or said, somebody long. like, yeah, absolutely. In season long, I'm I, honestly, I have done so few ESPN or whatever season long that I'm kind of excited to get back into it and just see where the values found there and how, you know, of course, closer to this as the season starts. I think right now ADP is pretty going to be pretty wild because it's just, there's not any stakes in it right now, but um, we'll follow along there. So some other news, just I wanted to get some random sports talk out of the way. Uh, you know, you know, I got to talk my Wimbledon. Djokovic did end up beating the Italian Berrettini in the Wimbledon final. It was a decent final. It went four sets, but it it always really felt like in Djokovic's back pocket. I mean, he is really the greatest of all time. And it's I understand why non-tennis fans would be just like super bored by it. Um, I can still appreciate just how incredible he is just watching him play amazing tennis over and over again, even if the competition doesn't st- uh, stack up, but that was kind of a, a bit of a walkover Wimbledon final. Still, it was good to have Wimbledon back in full swing to see the crowds in the culture and the aesthetic and in the matches, of course. Um, but Italy did regain some traction later that day by taking down England in uh, in the UK at Wembley Stadium for the Euro 2020 Cup, that was pretty exciting. Went to um, penalty shots, which maybe you don't you don't want it to be there, but uh, it was cool that Italy got two chances at a trophy that day, and they pulled one out. Let's see the the Suns are leading the Bucks two to one right now. Suns took both at home, and then the Bucks were able to bounce back. Was it just last night? in game three at home Giannis yeah. I, I honestly have not watched the series but Giannis has played since game one and I think he's somehow like doing okay which is kind of crazy because god that knee I mean pictures when they when it was popping up after that knee injury it looked gross but he is an absolute beast um other things in the world of sports Tampa Bay Lightning wins back-to-back Stanley Cups I'm honestly not much of a hockey fan, but now that I'm in the upper Midwest, I, I kind of want to get into it a little bit. And to go back-to-back championships in any professional sport is incredible. So Tampa Bay just is living the absolute high life. And they've been, they've been good as long as I can remember as a guy who doesn't watch hockey. Oh, interesting. Okay. I, I'm trying, I guess, to pull for the Minnesota Wild, but honestly, I didn't watch a game. But maybe next year I'll tune in. Don't they have that guy, Sidney Crosby? Did they? I have no idea. See, the last I've ever kept up with NHL was that Crosby was still with the um, Penguins. So I have no clue. <laughs> I feel terrible. But I next year, I'll know. I don't know anything about it. I have no idea. <laughs> um, that guy is a beast. Yeah, he, he's a Hall of Famer for sure. Unbelievable. Um, other sports news, Connor McGregor got – kind of self TKO'd by crunching his own ankle in the octagon that that looked awful. Yeah. What I didn't a, what a mean guy. <laughs> That's true. 
He's not very nice. That's true. He is absolute shit, and it's okay to to see him uh, to get crunched up. <laughs> so that's that's all I had in the world of sports. I will be tuning in tomorrow for the MLB All Star Game. It is a shame. I guess another piece of news is one of the stars for the Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr., tore his. Mm, I want to no. say ACL. Um, yeah, he tore it, he tore it like real good. It was so sad because it was just it was just typical Ronald Acuna putting his heart like playing his ass off, putting his body on the line to make a really tough leaping catch at the warning track and just dug his leg into the dirt and wrenched that shit and really is so tough. He's he's one of the faces of the MLB, one of the up and coming mega superstars, and that's just really tough to see. Um, but hopefully he, you know, takes the season. He's got plenty of time to recover till next year. So hopefully he's able to come back just as strong. Um, but we can, we can bounce uh, away from the, the random sports stuff. Let's get into a little bit of trivia, man. I will put you on the spot and I, um, you know, I, I don't, I'll, I'll be, I'll fully admit, I probably wouldn't be able to answer most of these questions, but so if, if they're really tough and maybe I have to give uh, hints or whatever, that is completely do fine. They, do they have, do they have like different options to choose from, or is it just like straight up knowledge? Um, out of the head? Some of them are, I guess you could say multiple choice, but they're mostly just straight up questions. Maybe I'll throw in some, but uh, we'll see how hard it is. I'll, I'll give you some, I'll give you multiple choice if we have to get there. Yeah. All right. So how hard it is. So first question is, and these are not all fantasy football related regard, maybe even not uh, football related. So the first one is the summer Olympics were supposed to happen last year. They have gotten delayed, but they will be played this year. Which country is hosting the summer Olympics? Um, it's not, it's not, uh, Japan. Ooh, there you go. JP nailed it. All right. That's I right. Thought it was about to be a trick question or something. <laughs> no, that, that was the, like when you're taking a lie detector, that's the, you know, baseline check, make sure, make sure oh, you my know the goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. And the reason why I bring it up is it's starting in less than two weeks, man. It's going to start on the 23rd of July in run until August 8th for a couple weeks. And uh, that should be really exciting. So just other random uh, sports that are coming up that I'm pretty pumped about. Well, yeah, they've got skateboarding for the first time. Oh shit. That's pretty awesome. It makes total sense. I mean, what winter Olympics have had snowboarding forever. So yeah, I'd love to see that. I I'm honestly of, I guess I'm of the attitude that if a sport is even like, loosely defined like pretty well defined like toss it in there man like why not just i understand that space is limited particularly in i mean god they're gonna do in tokyo which is literally the most crammed city maybe outside of something in india or or china i guess but god tokyo is packed as hell so i understand like you don't want to fit everything in but yeah skateboarding that seems like it could be perfect and by the way, like one of the best parts, this is a random side, but while I'm watching the home run derby, one of the most hilarious parts is the kids that they put in the outfield, like 
<laughs> some of them, some of them look like they've never caught a baseball in their life and that they could just absolutely get drilled in the mouth. So that's always something to be on the lookout for. <laughs> Although I don't think that's ever happened, thankfully. Um, nice. So you got the first one, man. Summer Olympics are going to be hosted in Tokyo, Japan. All right, let's see here. All right, let's do a little, let's get it into the NFL a little bit. Who won the Super Bowl last year? Super Bowl last year, it was. Uh oh, how do I not remember that? <laughs> I know, man, I, because uh, I bring I, I'm testing you because I know that you're so into fantasy that the actual NFL kind of goes to the wayside and I and you can't do too much fantasy with the Super Bowl. You can do a little bit. No, nope. missed it. Or should I give you some? Should I give you some multiple choice? No, give me a second. KC okay. was in it. What they didn't win, they choked. That's right. Nice. Okay. They choked. <laughs> it was such a bad DFS day. It was. It was. Oh, Tampa day. Bay. There you go. Nailed they it. They choked those. I, I just. Did, did you remember it because of your DFS? Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible, man. That you you remember the Super Bowl winner because you had. You know, you were picking between Tom Brady and stuff on TFS. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was not not winning that night. That absolutely, I'm sorry to hear that, but that absolutely cracks me up that you remember the Super Bowl because of DFS. I don't know why. I mean, it makes it makes sense in some ways, but like 99% of NFL fans would would not have gone that route. But that is hilarious, man. Um, yeah, I, I remember it because I slammed the under, I think the over was like 56 points. And with that Tampa Bay defense just rearing its head and the KC line being decimated, I was like, Oh dude, this is going to, and it was, it was a weak game. I want to say it was like, what was it like 26, 14 or something like that? Or it was, it was way under. So crunched that one. Nice. All right. So if you couldn't remember last year's, this might be. This might be even more difficult, but can you remember two years ago who won the ship? That was KC. Oh, okay. So that one was more memorable. Yeah, you're right. KC, KC got it and then tried to go back to back. And then to dig a little bit harder, man, can you remember three years ago who won it? I'll stop there because it gets way too tough to remember past that. But three years ago, who, who won the Super Bowl? Mm. Is that was that a year where Brady lost it? That's not. That's not. Okay. Who won it? So if Brady didn't lose it. <laughs> That wasn't the Atlanta year, was it? No, that was that was a uh, Patriots winning over a really super choking LA Rams. Jared Goff scoring like ten points 
Oh that my potent goodness. I don't rate. remember that at all. Yeah, that was a that was like a walkover game for sure. But it was uh it was kind of fun to see, I guess. Uh I don't know. Everybody wanted Todd Gurley and that that golf team to to do well, and they just got crunched by the Patriots that year. So that was pretty rough. Um, all right. So leading into this year, who would you say the Super Bowl favorites are in Vegas's odds? Oh, um, I think Tampa Bay's got pretty good odds. They're number two, actually. Okay. Because I know they just kept everything the same. It is. It is completely the same, which is kind of shocking. But I guess maybe there's a little bit of doubt on is Tom Brady just too old or did this first the, – the team that's in first place odds – get back to healthy or do they get some players that they think will make it better? Who would you say is the number one? Well, I'll tell you that I, I think it's between two or three things. Wow. Because I don't know. There's really not a, so many like OP franchises, you know? Interesting. I think, I think people view – um the ravens pretty heavy um i think people look at kc pretty heavy and i think maybe because just how i've seen people acting this year that bills yeah would be talked about so well you nailed it with one of those okay well yeah i just i don't have a a, a, a one one team guest interesting I, I think that's that what if, I would... well, it is, it is KC. And I, I think that they are perceived by a, a, the general NFL fans as monster favorites because Patrick Mahomes is just unbelievable star. And of course, Tyreek, the freak and Travis Kelsey, but what, what are some, so you put, would you put, I guess in your personal odds, would you put Tampa Bay over KC? Mm. Or is it kind of 50, 50? No, there? no, it's oh. it, that. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, to me, Casey, I mean, Tampa Bay is just like the magical team. Right. Yeah. They kind of started off rocky, but then they found their groove. And again, that defense found its own and, and started shutting down people. So, yeah, I could see it makes sense. Well, I think Casey's probably the better team, but I absolutely could see them back in the championship. And then the the third favorite, which is a distant third, I'll give you that, and it's pretty close um, amongst those teams, is actually not a team that you mentioned. It's neither the Ravens nor the Bills. I think the Bills might be fourth or fifth. But uh, do you want to take a shot, uh, another shot at the, the third highest uh, odds for Super Bowl? Third highest odds for Super Bowl. Yeah. None of those teams, huh? This team is actually I don't know if are this they helps. just really are they just really good in their division or something like that? Actually, I would say that this is they might not even win the division, to be honest. Um, not to say they're not incredible, but just the strength of division. And geographically, if it gives you any help, geographically, this team is located as far as you can imagine from any of those teams that we mentioned, Tampa Bay, Casey, Baltimore, 
Buffalo Bills. This team is way far away from them, if that gives you any teaser. Is it the Rams? It is the Rams. The LA Rams come in as the third highest projected team to make this to win the Super Bowl. It makes sense. They've got all the pieces. I mean, they're absolutely stacked to the gills on particularly on defense. And if Stafford still has it, then then that offense will light it up. But that that just that surprised me a little bit because you know, typically when you have a, a vet quarterback going to a new system, there's there's some more doubt there. Like, I mean, the Bills and the Ravens, they're they're the same old, same old. They're they're incredible, and you know those pieces. I feel like there's more question marks, but I guess more upside with the Rams. That kind of surprised me. All right, on the flip side, maybe this is a little less exciting, but who would you say are the odds on for the worst record at the end of the year for 2021? Texans. Texans are easily number one by a landslide. The poor Texans. Good Lord. The Between the DeAndre Hopkins and some other trades, and of course, the Deshaun Watson likely not playing, it's in the dumpster for them. Can you name uh, any of the, the other top five? Can you make some guesses at top five? Hmm. Las Vegas. Vegas is not in there, which not in the top, or I should say the bottom five. I could not believe it, man. They're, I would easily say that they're, they're close to the Texans. I mean, that team, projects to be off that defense and then the offensive line I'm, I'm totally with you man i i'm super scared of them but they are not in the bottom five god that's so weird i, I couldn't believe it and the reason um, i think good no keep talking i'm trying to figure it out well the reason i kind of i think this is maybe even more enlightening than Rams, Casey, or whatever, is because I mean there are some pieces on these teams that I'm I'm mildly excited by from a fantasy perspective. I mean, you can always find you know value on on any of the 32 NFL teams, but but still, like I don't know. I was just a little bit surprised. I guess the defenses are all absolutely atrocious on these teams. All right. So I'm gonna say Jets. Jets are on there, they're the third worst. Um, I had to admit, I had to pull up a image of all of the teams. It's not like a, I was going to call you out for cheating, but, but that's not cheating. I I don't consider that. I just, I don't know. I I, I need to look at all the teams. I saw the Jets and they're obvious. It's mild. Um, It's mild cheating, but I'll give it to you. Um, Jaguars. Jaguars are the fifth worst. So they just made the cut at being on the list. Yeah, Jaguars are there. T-Law, um, I guess people have. But that team, yeah, that team should reek. Bengals. Bengals are there. Bengals are four. So you, you're only missing the second worst team. Mm. I really want to say one team, but it just got so many offensive weapons. What do you got? No, I don't think that's that's not my answer. Um, uh, you can you can tease out. You can say this isn't your answer. My answer isn't Giants. Okay, 
that's a good not answer because it's not them. But I, I'm with you that they project to be a, a pretty bad team and in a, you know, the Cowboys and uh, football team should should decimate them. So, but no, they're not the number two. Eagles. It's not the Eagles. I will, you've guessed enough. I will tease it. It's the Detroit Lions, which I know are bad. I get it. But, you know, some of those pieces, like particularly fantasy, Hawkinson, Swift, you know, you know, my boy Tyrell Williams, even Jared Goff. I'm, I'm kind of excited, man. I think that they've settled into decent little values. But I, I get that the, def- the defense should be atrocious, the coach change-ups, all the moving parts. It's probably a bad team in a, in a tough division. Um, kind of similar with the Bengals. Like, if you look at underdog, you know, best ball fantasy ADP, all of those Bengals players, Mixon, Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, even um, Tyler Boyd, who you mentioned in a previous pod, they're all being drafted with – some decent capital. So, I mean, I, that doesn't necessarily translate to uh, records, particularly when they have to play the Steelers, the Ravens, and the Browns, um, both all or all three of them twice. But still, that's that's just a little surprising, I guess. So, I mean, I'm my personal opinion is I'm tempered on expectations for all of those Bengals offensive pieces, but still a little bit surprising. Yeah, all right. There was there. There's some of those that are that I would maybe bet on not being the top five. If there was a way to bet on that, yeah, I think. um, So I would want the Raiders to be in this list for sure. But who would I kick out? Like Texans are definitely there. Lions, Jets, Bengals, Jags. Um. I'd have to, I'd probably have to look at strength of schedule, but mm, damn. Who, who would you pick out of the four to, to slip out if you had to pick one? The, on, the only two, the only two I could think of would be Bengals or uh, Jags. Yeah. I guess those were, I, I was kind of probably thinking the Jags because at least their system seems pretty conservative. Like T Law and James Robinson and ETN are. They're going to keep it on the ground quite a bit. I think they're going to try to marginalize turnovers. And um, I mean, the defense is really bad, but it it should be somewhat of a saving grace. So I could see them eking out some wins um, and Urban Meyer coming in, hopefully with a decent scheme. So I'd probably pick them and I'd probably put the, I'd probably put the Raiders. I'd probably put the Raiders in my opinion, like behind the lions, but I guess I'm going to be surprised by the Raiders. We'll see. Um, Let's see. All right, man. So maybe something the most exciting, in my opinion, what day is the first uh, NFL Sunday this year? Red zone. When do we, we get a we get the kickoff on Thursday? But what is our first red zone NFL Sunday? And I'm just guessing a date here. Yeah. Date or date range, I guess. But yeah, a date. Um, I think it is, I think the first game is, is on a Thursday and I think it's like September 3rd or 4th. It is on a Thursday, but
but it's actually one week after that we get uh we get NFL Sunday on September 12th so exactly 2 months from now it is July 12th so we got to make it 2 more months that's why I kind of teased it out we've got 2 months man to make it to September 12th the Thursday game September 9th could you it's it, it is a star-studded affair do you want to take any cracks at who's going to play that first game that's pretty tough Dallas to guess, and Arizona Dallas Bucks at the Buccaneers that could be tough for uh, Dak and team to go into Tampa Bay but dude if they pull it out I mean that could be a season defining first start so should be a fun one to kick off man that's exciting dude two months away yeah I'm so stoked I mean, it feel it honestly feels like forever, but but luckily, you know, at least it's the summer, right? Like the summer is my favorite season. So two months of the summer, I'm not wishing that away because getting out, you know, if it's poolside or just exercising, soaking in that sun, laying out, it's just too good. So I am not trying to rush those two months if I have to. Uh, let's see here. All right, so. In terms of NFL salaries, the top 12 um, in salaries per year, annual salary, go to quarterbacks. Who would you guess is the player with the highest annual salary that's not a quarterback? And is this an offensive player? It is an offensive player. You can do kind of 20 questions. You can kind of guess towards it. Well, I'm just saying because I don't know a lot of uh, not offensive players. Feel that it is offensive, and you definitely know them. Okay. Um, is it Christian McCaffrey? It's not CMC. I would say that as great as CMC is, I don't think just with the fragility of running back that that any team would pay for that much for a running back just with the chance of, you know, short-term career and injury throughout the season. I don't think any team could do it. So it's not a running back to, to wipe out a huge chunk of this. It's not a running back or a quarterback to wipe those slates clean. All right. Well, just going with who I think holds the most value Sure. Is it is it Devontae Adams? It's not. I don't think Devontae, I don't think they could afford him if they had to do Aaron Rodgers and the new Aaron Jones and all of their pieces. They just they don't have the cap. So I'll tease it a little bit more. So the way teams can pay for players like that is to have a sweet ass deal on their quarterbacks. You cannot have a top 12 quarterback and the number one non-quarterback. So this team is getting a juicy value off of their quarterback. Okay. Well, I'll guess this guy because I think he deserves a lot of money. Is it Allen Robinson? It's not Allen Robinson. I'm guessing that he's up there because he's on his second contract and he's a, 
absolute star, but he's on a, he, I think he got franchised, which means that he's like kind of at market value. So he doesn't have one of those just insane bloated contract. Well, I, okay, I guess yeah, I remember that now. Right. So he's on the franchise that. tender and that, that just can't be the highest. It's kind of the average of his value. Well, great I guess, guess though. DeAndre Hopkins because you, but then you said that they're getting a great ass deal, but I don't know if they're getting a great ass deal on Kyler Murray. Doesn't he cost a lot? You nailed it, man. It is DeAndre Hopkins and they are paying Kyler kibbles and bits because rookie contracts in the NFL are total shit. I mean, they get monster signing bonuses. Like if you're a first rounder or like top five pick, you get like a 20 million signing bonus, but then you only get paid like 5 million a year compared to 15, 20, 30 million that Aaron Rodgers is getting. So that's how you save on, on the annual cap is Kyler Murray is getting paid like $6 million this year. DeAndre Hopkins, meanwhile, is making 14 and a half million this year. So that's, that's how you get these. You get that star rookie. That's why Deshaun Watson, you know, that's why the Texans were able to compete on his first two years, Dak, um, uh, Josh Allen is still there. I mean, that's the dream. If you can strike gold in the first four years of your quarterback, then you can splurge on those those other players. Allen Robinson, I think, was a I great guy. I forgot about all that. I I am not really into the the nitty gritty of contract situations. I should be a lot better, particularly if I ever want to get into dynasty. I know that that's super important to be looking at when contracts expire, when teams can waive players for no, you know, dead cap with all that jazz. I really don't pay attention to it, but I probably should start getting into it. But I was a little bit surprised. I mean, it makes a little bit more sense now, like the David Johnson trade a little bit. It's still atrocious. But if David, I mean, if DeAndre Hopkins was asking for number one offensive player, you know, non non-quarterback salary, I mean, that's very tough for any team to handle. So it, it makes sense. Um, he won't be there. He and Kyler won't be on the same team for long because I think Kyler has maybe one more year of the rookie and then it's over. So that's going to get way too pricey. But he should be a smash. He's honestly a player in best ball that this year I I don't have a lot of pieces of, which which is not like any sort of negativity on him. I think he's going to be fantastic but he's just falling in that range where it's like middle to somewhat late third a uh, second. And it's like that Clyde Edwards, Alaire pick it's Devonte Adams is there. And I've just been swinging more for upside at Devonte Adams. Um, do you have quite a bit of shares of Hopkins or has he been dodging you as well? Yeah, he's dodging me. It's, um, it's sad because I want to like in the, for fifth, some reason I'm picking uh, Ridley over him, even though I'm telling myself in my head, that's not, not the move that is so close and i don't mind it the only reason in best ball that i might like in season long i'm tempted for ridley but in um in best ball i guess the reason i wouldn't i would lean deandre is because you can stack with kyler like matt ryan is not a fantasy option in my opinion so you don't get that stack but like I, I head into the fifth and there have been plenty of times where I could snag Kyler and I don't mind it. Like he's my number one quarterback, but when I realize I don't have Hopkins, it kind of loses a little bit of that luster. And I end up going with like Kenny Galladay and Deontay Johnson, but yeah, it's just, it's been weird. I, I want pieces of him, but he's just not been there for me, but highest paid non-quarterback. I, that kind of surprised me a little bit. 
Um, he's going – He's go ahead. I've been liking third round um, tight end on the best ball lately. I've been third into- round tight end would be basically Kittle. Yeah. Which Waller is- doesn't really fall to the third usually. He doesn't. So Yeah. Yeah, Kittle. I want pieces of Kittle. I just get scared of the quarterback, man. Like, what is your what is your gauge on? Um, is it going to be a Trey Lance? Are they going to let Jimmy Garoppolo? Who Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the top twelve. I think he's top twelve. He might be top fifteen highest paid players in NFL. So, I mean, I don't know of a lot of teams that are willing to to eat that for Jimmy G. He's not an incredible quarterback, so. I think he projects to be the starter, but you just, you literally, I mean, the franchise traded away two future firsts to move up for Trey Lance. Like, do you really let that sit for a year? Yeah. So my thing with Kittle is just a like believing in the dude type of thing. I've got like a really like my memory of him last year he was so injured all year and you know fantasy analysts told you like look kittle's not gonna play like stop you know they're not gonna let him but he was like rabid to play like i think it was like a some sort of late season game where it was like not even there was it was like no consequence like they what win or not like it wasn't a big deal or something and he came in and he looked great he looked amazing um i just think he's the greatest and i I would definitely want him as my tight end no matter who's the quarterback i'm with you on on everything you said i mean i think trey lance has shown enough i mean he is a rushed rushing quarterback but i think he'll still get it done and as an aside, like George Kittle is one of my favorite NFL players on the field, like his personality. And like you said, his heart towards the game. And of course his skill is just so awesome. I, I love watching him play. And if I had, if I got to somehow have pieces of him to add a little extra oomph to when I'm watching red zone and he lights it up, that would be, that would be icing on the cake. But third, I don't know. I've been snagging all those wide receivers. Like, if Keenan Allen's there, there's just no way in hell I'm ever doing um, Kittle over Keenan Allen. I could be wrong on that. I mean, but especially in best ball, like, I don't know. I guess I'm a little surprised. Like, in best ball, I get upside is huge. But when you can have three tight ends on any given week to one of them hit, I don't know. I just think it's it's not worthwhile to spend too high on tight end. But I could absolutely be dead wrong on it. And uh, Kittle is one of my favorites. My thing right. is that there's just there's just tight ends are so like low scoring historically, and there's really no sure things for for big games ever. Um, if you have other tight ends and you have like a really bad week, Kittle could end up flexing for you. you yeah, know? that's a great call. That's a great call. But but like. Uh, yeah, I just I just think those top three tight ends are more valuable than people think. And we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I feel that. 
All right. So this next one is not a trivia, but it is a price check. Um, so I'm going to list three running backs that are going in consecutive rounds. And I just want to get your thoughts on price, like value, scared, never touching, always slamming um, right where it should be on these three running backs. So we already mentioned DeAndre Swift. He is currently going, and this is in best ball underdog ADP, but I think it can apply to, to season long if we'd like it to. So DeAndre Swift is going at the 309. So towards the back end of the third round. Miles Sanders is going at the 406, part of the fourth round. And then Mike Davis is going at the 506, part of the fifth round. So again, DeAndre Swift in the later third, Sanders in the mid-fourth, and Mike Davis in the mid-fifth. Any of those, are you snagging a lot on your teams? Have you been avoiding and trying to reach uh, later in the rounds? What do you think of those, of those three guys' price check? Um, I've been avoiding the first two. Swift and Sanders? Yeah. Um, I've been getting Mike Davis wherever I feel necessary. He's like something for when you, you feel like you've just been grabbing wide receiver after wide receiver. Like if you went running back and then three wide receivers in a row and then you're a little bit remorseful for what you've done. I think that's really inappropriate. I, I agree on all three counts. I have been snagging. DeAndre Swift, I don't know why I can't help myself, but I, I know that Jamal Williams is there. I know that it's a bad team. I just can't get myself away from DeAndre Swift, man. I don't know why. I, I it, You said 309? It's at the 309, and that's, oh, well, that's like – not so bad. That's okay. It's not – like Patrick Mahomes is there, and I never want that. And then you're looking at – I mean, you're looking at good wide receivers like Julio and Robert Woods there and Mike Evans. I mean, those are good wide receivers. But like you said, if you've gone one running back, two wide receivers, and then you get a third in the fourth round, then but you're if going you into Keenan the Allen around and and AJ, um, AJ Brown maybe or Terry McLaurin. You're saying around the 309. You like, don't think they're ever around? No, th those players are never there at the 309. Those are – I've seen those, Terry around. Terry – maybe Terry can push there. You're right. Um, like Amari Cooper is is sometimes in that range as well. I, though, there are good wide receivers there. I just – I don't know. Like you said, going into the – like going into round five with three wide receivers and a running back, like – where do you make up the, the room? Because I like to exit a best ball draft and really a season long draft with at least four running backs that I feel decent about. Like I want that fourth one to be a Ronald Jones where it's not great, but you see a path or a David Johnson. I don't want my fourth to be like a AJ Dillon where it's, it's almost entirely backup potential you know what i mean so so where do you get those other three running backs if you miss on the mike davis and, and the miles gaskin i just find it really tough so 
I it's tough. I, I think I think maybe if you you might find yourself in a nightmare situation where there really is no Mike Davis. Exactly. Um, but but I think at that point that you just have to start going for value and you might have to just do something crazy at that, like, and do like a, like a quarterback pick or something. Yeah. No, that, that makes absolute sense. I, it's, you're, you're just looking for value like straight up. Yeah. I, and I, I guess this kind of goes into maybe my fantasy history or whatever, but, but I've so like value is incredibly important, of course, but I think value is at its most important when you're in a league that values trades and, and trading value, because like walking away from a draft with, I don't know, like five stud wide receivers, you know, there are many times where you walk away, you feel good, but you'd really want to ultimately trade that quote unquote value that you got that maybe fourth or fifth wide receiver that you likely won't use very much in, and upgrade your position. And, you know, hopefully towards the middle of the season or whatnot. So in best ball and in leagues where you just, you have to trade your life away to, to trade anything. I don't know. I, I like to feel more secure at every position rather than, than like what you said, go for just pure value, I guess. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me. I struggle with that for sure. But ultimately, I agree with everything you said. I think Mike Davis is a is a somewhat slam at the five oh six, and the other twos are kind of like Miles Sanders. I'm I'm basically hands off from what they've been saying, and that could come back to bite me. Like good offensive line, Jalen Hurts should relieve some pressure from Sanders. But yeah, four oh six feels steep. All right, how about yeah. a um, how about a name this player? So I'll tease out some facts and you can guess at any point and uh, we'll see if you can snag this player. All right. So first Mm -hmm. fact is that he's currently going as the wide receiver 15 in best ball. That is the late third round. Very similar to what we were talking about with DeAndre Swift. So maybe that teases out some names that we've already brought up. Do you want to go ahead and already take your guess, or should I give you a couple more? Oh, okay. So he's just fifteen. That that's the first that's the first fact. And if you guess, you have to forever hold your peace. Okay, <laughs> go ahead <laughs> with another fact. Then. All right. Well, this is why I wanted to tease this out because it was a stat that I was a little surprised by. So weeks ten through sixteen of last year. So crunch mode dwindling down to the playoffs and then into the playoffs, you know, week 17, whatever team sit out, it doesn't count 10 through 16, seven games. He was the wide receiver five in total points. Even having only played six of those seven games. I'm not exactly sure if that, that missed game was injury or buy. I'm pretty sure it was the buy, but he only played six of the seven and yet, Wide receiver five during that stretch. Okay. You want me to keep going? Yeah, I mean, like, just that he's 15. I don't know. I'm not, like, looking at a list or anything. Yeah. Um, this one this one probably will help you tease it out. Food? 
this player is maybe being underappreciated because he has two other elite wide receivers on the team. Oh. Um. <laughs> is it Deontay? It's not. I don't consider Juju elite anymore. And, De- and Deontay's <laughs> not going wide receiver 15. Deontay's going more like wide receiver 20 to 22 or something like that. Oh, he's better than Deontay. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I personally would say he's better, but I would pick him over him, and he's definitely being picked over him in fantasy. Elite wide receiver? Two other elite what? wide receivers, in my opinion. Um, was it Amari? CD Lamb and uh, Gallup? I, I don't. I don't think I don't, Gallup's got that. I don't know, man. You, you can let me know <laughs> what this player is. I can't think of a team with a lot of elite options. How about this? How about this last hint? Maybe one of the reasons people are scared is because. He has an elder quarterback. Old face. Yep. There's an old face. I'm glad that this one was pretty tough, man. I don't know. I, I you want me to tell you? I guess Fitzpatrick's kind of old. Is is it? Uh, is it Terry? Is he going fifteen? That's not bad. What is it? Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas. <laughs> Logan Thomas is the tight end. No, there's a there's another wide receiver there. Who am I forgetting? Dang it! It's not coming to me. Nope. All right. I'll tell All it to right. you. Let me ha- let me have it. It's Mike Evans. Mike Evans with Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown going as wide receiver 15, who I consider elite. Maybe some other people, people don't, but I do. Wide receiver 15 in that range. I've been picking players like Julio over him, but I, I'm leaning more towards taking Mike Evans, man. I, I think he's going to actually have a big year this year. I, I've been, I think Godwin is the kind of no draft. Like I've been in on um, Antonio Brown, but I think I need more shares of, uh, of Mike Evans. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't get it. Cause I didn't think of uh, um, Brown as uh, elite. Is, is Brown old and busted already? Well, I just don't feel I don't he doesn't have to immediately go from old and from elite to old and busted. There's there's got to be a path that he travels before then. Yeah, that's a good call. I I don't know. I'm, I'm maybe I'm way too fixated on Antonio Brown. I think he's just going to be I think he's got so much to so much still left in the tank and so much to prove. I think he's going to be incredible this year. All right, so maybe that was that was my bad on the hints, but uh Mike Evans I think needs to be paid more attention to. And then let me ask you one last, one last question. And this is, this is kind of multiple choice, I guess. 
But um, so looking again at weeks 10 through 16, I mean, in my opinion, the weeks that matter the most leading up to the playoffs. And then of course the playoffs tight ends three through eight. So we know Kelsey and Waller were incredible last year. They were far and away the best, but tight ends three through eight during that stretch, there was less than a one point per game difference between that third and eighth player. So they were basically all of the same tight ends during that stretch on a points per game basis. Can you name those uh, six players? Six tight ends, and they're all the same person. Six tight ends that really, between that stretch, there was no fantasy difference. And um, maybe this year, those names ring a little different in your drafts. And should they? Okay. Well, one of them has to be Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is there. Actually, Mark Andrews was number seven in that stretch. So, Golly. But I mean, again, they're all the same, really. Okay. TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson did not make that cut. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Gronkowski Gronkowski was there yep Gasicki Gasicki was there yeah Gasicki was actually number three Um, Logan Thomas Logan Thomas nailed it man you're four of six so far God Logan Thomas went on a PPR tear down that stretch yeah uh, Noah Fant no fan is not there. Oh, what? I thought I was using him back then. He may have been uh, a couple games, but that's failing, using him and getting nothing, apparently. <laughs> I thought I was. Oh, oh, yeah. That's why I lost money. <laughs> that's right. Nope. You got um, two more. Shoot. Evan Ingram. No, although he did, he definitely did better than maybe people were giving it credit for. You want me to give you these two, or do you have a couple uh, more? I'll just do one more. Yeah, Hunter Henry. It's not Hunter Henry. I think Hunter Henry was was hurt a, a lot of last year. Nope. Right. Let me have number it. number four was uh, Tunyon with uh, oh, Green Bay yeah, Packers. I should have guessed that one. Tons of touchdowns last year. And then the number uh, eight, so the last person in this, in, this, in this list, Dallas Goddard was number eight as well, okay. which, which is a little mm-hmm. bit surprising. I mean, that was the full Jalen Hurts experience. Um, and the reason kind of why I wanted to bring this up is because I have not been giving enough respect to Mike Gesicki, man. I mean, that stretch of games was almost entirely Tua. I, I know Fitzpatrick played... I think he started one of those games, but it was like 95% to it. And, and that's what's been scaring me away from Mike Kosicki. And I don't know if it really should. I mean, he's going in the same rounds as like Noah Fant. And I, for some reason, love Noah Fant. He's not even on this list. He did not finish strong. And he is still technically with Drew Locke, even though I'm hoping Bridgewater can take that. It's not, it's not a sure thing at all. I don't know, man. What what are your thoughts on Gasicki? Have you been taking him at all, or have you been shying away like me? I think I took him in a few best balls, but 
haven't been thinking about it too much and the season long mocks and everything. I think he's I'm, a player that I might need to look at again, man. I'm I'm getting some some good tight ends as early as possible. That makes sense. Yeah. If you're like you said, you're looking at Kittle pretty strongly and maybe even Waller. So so you're looking earlier than I am. I've been I've been looking early as in TJ Hawkinson a lot, but um I don't know, Gasicki, it just I think I need to look at that again. So yeah, I wanted to tease out Mike Gasicki. I think it's I think he needs to be more on my radar, potentially Goddard, and maybe I need to cool the Jets a little bit on Noah Fant, although he had a good season and I still see the upside, but maybe the difference between those two players really isn't as drastic as I've been thinking about it. But you did yeah, pretty good, I, I man. Like, I like his talent. Yeah, he, he is an incredible talent. I, I know they bring Will Fuller in. So does that help or hurt him? Like, does that take away targets or does that increase the offense? So there's more touchdown potential. Like you can see both sides of the coin there. So it is tough, um, but you did good, man. So a lot of random stuff in there, but uh, but you were able to answer a lot of them pretty strong, man. So I give you I give you the old A plus, and and I think honestly I wanted to talk about so a segment that we've talked about and I kind of brought up is at some point I'd like to talk about some players that were for some reason fading in best ball, but we're actually okay with them in season long, which is kind of the reverse of what you typically think about, right? Like when you look at best ball, I think one of the more fun parts about it is that you can finally pick players like the Tyler Lockett's in those massive upside players that you really don't want to spend high draft capital in, in season long, like, because you just think that they're going to be way too, you know, you can get some two point weeks from Tyler Lockett in season long. And that's just, you're never going to know when to play them. So that's why it hurts so long hurts so bad. But what's the opposite of that, man? Are there players that you um, you fade in best ball? Maybe they're a little too safe, or for whatever reason that you're that you're pretty happy to have in season long. But uh, I will. I know that you've probably mocked up all play, our players already, but I think this has gone on uh, long enough. So I will save that segment for for next week or for the future. But um, thanks for uh, indulging me on the trivia, man. I thought you did a great job. Thank you. All right. Well, we will uh we'll catch you next week and enjoy the all-star game and uh see you next Monday. Let's do it. I'll see you.